find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. On this podcast, I want to talk about domestic violence, but we're going to take an unusual slant to it. Um, Instead of talking outright about domestic violence, my guest is a longtime friend of mine. We actually connected for the first time on Facebook years ago, and he's an author. He writes very interesting biographies, and he writes them in a very different way that it becomes very empowering for the women that he's writing about. And it's the kind of thing that I I can't explain it well. <laughs> so so I brought him on because I want him to explain it and how it has such an impact on the women he's writing about, which he keeps anonymous, and the readers who read the content that he's writing. It's just it's it's fascinating what he does and how well it works, and I, I just it's like I said it's just it's something you have to hear him talk about and you have to experience to understand. So we're going to talk about domestic violence, um, the signs to look for, because it's it's the kind of thing that that you can end up in this kind of situation before you realize. And for people that have never been in it, it it's hard to, to imagine. And for other people, it's it's like, how the hell did I get here kind of thing. I've, I've talked to so many people that are, have been in this kind of a situation. And they, you know, when, when you're looking back after you've gotten out, sometimes you don't realize how you got there. And other times after after therapy or coaching or, or whatever, at that point, you see how it happened, but you know it, it it can happen so slowly you just you don't know you don't know how it happened. So we're going to talk about some of the red flags to look for. We're going to talk about how you can help a friend, um, and and where to go for help. And, and it's the kind of thing that that you do need to get help. It's it's not safe often to to get out on your own, and and just. Like I said, there's just so many things that that can be done to help and to get out and to get to a safer place for for you, for a friend, um, for for a woman with children, and for a man. It, it's not just a, a thing for women. There are men who can be in a domestic violence situation as well. So there's a whole lot of great information we have to share tonight, and the show will definitely be be archived. So you will be able to share this with friends or to come back and listen again if you need to. And I encourage you, if you know somebody that needs to hear this information, please, please share it with them. So I look forward to sharing the information and to introducing my guest. I will tell you up front that the show will be archived. It will be on my website at www dot lovecoachjourney.com slash domestic dash violence. I wanted to make it something super easy to remember. So that's lovecoachjourney.com 
slash domestic dash violence. Or if you forget that, just go to lovecoachjourney.com and in the search box put in domestic violence. It will come up. I just I just just to make sure. So it will be there. And I'm also on all the big podcast directories. So you can just put in Nikki Lee domestic violence and it'll come up for you that way also. So I am very, very happy to introduce you all to my longtime friend, CJ Cassidy. CJ, it is fantastic to have you with me today. Thank you, Nikki. I'm just so glad to be here. CJ is actually a pen name, and he is a multi-published author. The last count I've got is six. Is that right? Six books? Uh, I'm actually at nine, working on number 13. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Wow. I understand that so well. Wow. Uh, and he's, he's going to let you know why his writing plays into what we're going to talk about today. And one of the things, I was looking over your bio last night, and one mm-hmm. of the things I like, um, it, it seems like you do the same sort of thing I do with, with people, and, and get them to journal, and especially really hard situations they've been through. I know some of the worst worst situations I've been through, I just I sat down and I wrote about it. And it just it helps to get the get the information out there and to to work through the emotions and to put them on paper. Yes. And one of the things I really liked in, in the bio you sent me was that some of the people have published their manuscripts once mm-hmm. once they've gotten through with it. And others other people they opted not to publish what they had written and just the exercise of writing it down and getting it out was beneficial to them. How how have you found that to help people? Well, uh, the person you're talking about is, is my, my little heart, is is Natalie. I'm allowed to use her name, uh, known as the Naughty Dancer. Um, we met on the Internet when I published my first novel, and she contacted me and said she wanted to write her novel. But she had problems, and she had her own little diary, which she would do. She would go on her computer and write down her little things, and she would delete it at the end of the day just, yeah, just okay. to get it out there because she right. just needed someone to talk to, and she knew this was the safest place to do it was to write it on her computer and just delete it. But she felt the need that she wanted to tell her whole story. And I worked with her for four years on her novel, and it took her three years before she was able to say, I love you. That's how that's how damaged she was with the um, the things that she had gone through her life, and once she was able to say that to me, she finally realized she didn't have to write publish the novel. She gave me permission to publish it, but she felt that it wasn't necessary anymore. That that her demon had been exercised. It's gone. Right. She can now right. move on in her life and put back all the pain and the heartache that she had. And it's very important to write your stuff down. Uh, people have this thing where, where you go to a, a psychologist or whatever and they ask you to write a letter to yourself right. and then burn it. Right. The same kind of a thing. You know, get it out there and then let the universe have it. Let the universe deal with it. Very true. One, one thing that I've read, and I, <clears throat> I, I kind of have mixed feelings about this, but I'm just, I'm just curious if you've had the experience. One of the things I've said is, you know, it's, it's great to, to get it out. But I've also seen that some people have the thought that handwriting it is more effective than typing it out on a computer. Have you, have oh, you ever noticed the difference? Yes, there is a huge difference between typing it and mm-hmm. writing it out with your hand because there's a personal connection with seeing your own handwriting and putting it out there. I, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, I but I find... I find myself that when I do handwritten notes on the novels that I'm working on, because 
when I received the paperwork on my third novel, which was Living La Vida Puta, which was from a friend of my uh, first biography, all of her stuff was handwritten notes, literally on cocktail napkins, some of the stuff was, you know, and to see the actual handwriting, and you could tell, literally, you can just look at it and tell the difference in the moods in which she was in by, you know, the pen she used, what she wrote on, you know, it, it, it's a whole diff- it is a whole different uh, experience in writing and, and, and getting it out there. I think one of the things, and I'm not going to word this right, I'm sure, okay. is that something about actually having it physically, the, the words come out of you mm-hmm. and down your arm and out the pen and onto the paper, and you're actually getting them physically out of your body in a yes. different sort of way, yes. in a more symbolic sort of way. Yes, absolutely. It's a whole typing. Right. Typing is a little bit too antiseptic. You know, when you when you write, there's a passion. Muscles are moving, and 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 the brain is forcing the hand to to move this pen. And you know, you're crossing things. Out. You know, it's 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 a yeah, it's a whole different experience in, in writing when you do it by hand rather than doing it on a typewriter. Well, see, there it seemed it seemed like it might be a funny question, but that that I'm glad I asked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, because it, it does help in the process. I normally type just them already on the computer. There are some things the really bad things that I have handwritten. I haven't done that consistently enough to have a personal opinion on it. That's why I figured I'd toss it out and see what she thought. There's nothing more powerful than a handwritten letter. And, you know, people have kind of lost that with the technology we have. Kind of like actually spelling words out. (laughs) People don't seem to do that much anymore either. How just briefly would you define domestic violence? For people that, that have the opinion, I know a lot of people seem to think that the only thing that actually falls under the, the heading of domestic violence or abuse is actually somebody physically hitting you. And, and that's just one part of it. So how would you define domestic violence? I've mentioned this before, that I'm just an author. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a, a psychotherapist. You know, I'm not an advocate. You know, I'm just a guy who observes and writes. Um, sure. But I have noticed that Abuse is abuse, whether it be on the physical plane, the mental plane. It's, it's the same type of control that people have over someone else that you don't want them to have or that you acquiesce, and it's not a free will. So the yelling, the, the words that you use, you know, the, the, the calling people stupid or, you know, or other things that they do to try to, to degrade that person at that point where, to the point where they can't, they can't defend themselves. Right. That's abuse. When, when I wrote, the funny thing about the first novel that I wrote, uh, A Tortured Soul, Catherine didn't just jump into an abusive relationship. You know, it's like I've, I've said before, you don't have a first date and the guy smacks you across the face and you go, oh, this is the man for me. True. Her, her relationships, her bad relationships started with the, the stairs the loud talk, you know, the yelling, the, then, then the abusive word, then it became the hitting. And then, you know, it just, it just, it just snowballed into the point where she said to herself, how did I get here? You know, here's a woman who runs a, a major company who can control who people do what they say by her word alone. And now she's in this relationship where she has absolutely no control and she has no idea how she got there. It happens very, very su- subtly. It starts with, you know, like I said, a look, a glance, you know, that, that, that backing down from uh, a yelling or, or maybe it's a, it's a playful slap and then the slap hits someplace where it's offensive to you. And then it just, the next thing you know, it just snowballs to the point where you know, you are no longer in control of your situation. 
Well, when things happen that suddenly, you mm-hmm. get conditioned. You know, you yes. get used to one little thing, and then there's a little more and a little yes. more. And the thing is, if it happens suddenly enough, mm-hmm. you don't notice the changes. Yes. You know, if somebody didn't see you for, say, a year or two mm-hmm. and, and saw you before, and then two years later, they're going to notice the difference. Yes. But you know, that, that's just like people that were around all the time. A lot mm-hmm. of times you don't notice yes. because it, it, a lot of these things just happen so gradually yes. that we don't see the changes. Exactly, exactly. I, <clears throat> I read somewhere something amazing that you have to stick a lobster in a hot pot of water to kill it because if you put the lobster in the pot and then raise the temperature, it gets it get used to hot water. It doesn't die. That's interesting. I like, like good, good analogy too. And a lot of people uh, are, literally are in these relationships, and they, and and because it happens so suddenly, they don't even realize that they're in an abusive relationship. It's like this way it's always been. No, it hasn't. You were never like this. You never allowed him to, to or her, because men do get abused as well. But you've never allowed them to do this kind of thing to you and, and get away with it. This was never your thing. Well, and you know, honestly, if you ask the majority of people and say, would you be in a relationship with somebody who's going to mistreat you? I mean, how many people are going to come out and say, yes, I'll take one of those? I mean, it it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But you get into the situation, you care about the person, maybe Mm -hmm. maybe you misinterpret love, what love is, what it should be, and you just get to the point where it seems natural, seems normal. It's amazing how, how strange things can be, and we consider them normal when we're conditioned to think so. There's a quote from uh, the, the fictional character Morticia Adams that um, mundane is an illusion. What's mundane to the spider is chaos to the fly. It's good. I have a pair of friends, and they're Italian. Let's, let's just put it out there. If they're not yelling at each other <laughs> constantly, <laughs> and I sit there and I watch them and go like, why do you put up with this yelling? And then I realize this is the way they've always been. Right. This is this is the way they show affection. They're Italian. They're, this is they have to have the loud voice. Uh, I actually one time heard his wife uh, say to him, "I wish you would stop yelling at me." And he replied, "I'm not yelling. I'm just raising the volume on my side of the conversation." True. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything is relative. You know, it's like you know, you get used to a certain level, and which is why some people who are in abusive relationships and get out of them find themselves into another one. They have a tendency right. to go with the devil they know. Yeah, it's it's familiar. It may not be good, but it's familiar. Exactly. It's, it's so a, a lot of people. Of, well, a lot of times people settle for familiar over the unknown yes. and the, the fear of making a change. Because change, yes. even even though change is often very good, it's mm-hmm. not easy in most right. cases. I've mm-hmm. never found the, the most positive changes to be that easy to make, but it's so mm-hmm. worth the effort. One of the things one of the things I meant to mention too is. <clears throat> Even even though you're not a trained coach or therapist or, or mm-hmm. that sort of thing, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the show is that you have a way that you're working with people and you've had great success with the people that you've worked with, you know, mm-hmm. in helping them to change their life. And a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people do need to know that you don't have to have years of training to make a difference in your life and to help no. a friend, no. you know. So, you know, I, I don't. Don't want people to be held back and say, "Oh, I'm not going to go to a shrink. I'm not going to go to a therapist. I'm not going to go through all this." Mm-hmm. But, but start making the changes yes. and and find find somebody to support you. You know, yes. you, you really need that support, and find somebody who who doesn't have ulterior motives. You know, that exactly. has your best interest at heart. That really wants to help you make a change. And and the thing is, and and we sort of talked about this earlier, and it it's it's just I, I when I help people. 
it's not about me in any way, shape, or form. Right. You know, I want to help them, mm-hmm. but I want to give them the tools so they can make the change. So when they do get to a better place, when they are feeling better about themselves, they have the satisfa- satisfaction of knowing they made the change. I didn't do exactly. it. I might have helped them. I might have exactly. passed them the tools that they needed, but they're the ones who made the, the change and had the accomplishment. Because the biggest problem of people in an abusive relationship <laughs> is you cannot tell them to get out. You know, just leave him. You know, just go. Just right. pack him. You can't do that because now when the consequences come back, they can turn to you and go, this is your fault because you told me right. I should leave. But when right. they make the decision on their own, they can accept not only the consequences, but the, um, the, the, the gratification right. that they were able to do this and do it on their own. And that's what makes them stronger. It, it's amazing how each each thing we're successful at builds. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, you, you don't just all of a sudden like like you know if you're if you're building a skyscraper, you don't start at the top. Mm-hmm. You know, you you start at the bottom, you lay the foundation, mm-hmm. and it's one floor at a time. Yes. It's the same way when we make a change. Yes. You've got to start. You've got to be ready first to make a change. Right. You've got to have the foundation in place. You you need your support system in place, mm-hmm. just like with the building. Beautiful. And then you build on it one step at a time. If you try to take 50 or 20 steps at a time, okay. you're not going to make it. You know? make so, it. Mm-hmm. But so what, what do you think, and we sort of touched on this, but what are some of the things that you think contributes to um, a domestic violence situation? For, for most people, for the person who is being abused and for the mm-hmm. abuser themselves. Because well, like, like we've said, it doesn't just happen overnight. So no, it what, what do well, you think I, I honestly don't know. You know, I've I, I always wondered about that. Is it a lack of self-esteem? Is it a need to give your control away to someone else? Um, some people believe that the punishment is deserved for something that they may or may have not do. Um, I, I've never understood why people put up, because I've I've never done it. I've I've been in two relationships that could have turned into uh, abusive relationships, and I just walked, I literally just walked away. And there are people who... For some reason, they have this nurturing thing where they go, well, I can fix it, or it's my fault, or you know how he gets, or you know, he only gets this way when he's drunk, or he has a bad day at the office, and you have a tendency to want to fix it and say, I can deal with this. I can, and, and there's a point where you have to say to yourself, I don't have to. I don't have to put up with your mess. Hasta la vista, baby, deuces, and I'm out of here. Um, but I don't know what causes... That because I've seen people in in loving homes get into the domestic. Uh, Catherine, who I wrote about in my first book, came from a wonderful home. She had no problems with with her parents. There was no you know uh, child abuse. There was no abuse between you know mom and dad in that house. And yet here she is um, being beaten by, by by her lovers. Why she she didn't understand how it happened. You know, she became conditioned to it. Uh, you have people who uh, who grew up in abusive uh, relationships, and, I, and I'm going I'm I'm to put it out there right now. I was uh, my my sisters were beaten as as children. They were in a very abusive relationship uh, with uh, my mother and father, and I was beaten by my mother as well. And yet here I grow up, and I wouldn't even think of touching a woman in in a right. way that she didn't like. Is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it is it something that happened uh, in in your past or you know or, or a defining moment? There are so many reasons for these things to happen and not to happen. You can't say, oh, here it is. Here's the solution. And if you take these pills, it'll 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 solve it for you. 
very true. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why I like to focus on warning signs or red flags. I'm, I'm big into looking at red flags and all kinds of things because it is so subtle. It is so gradual. And like I said, there, I mean, there are certain things like low self-esteem, the, the kind of person that's just going to blame themselves for everything. There's those sort of things that those kind of things don't automatically mean the person's going to end up in, in an abusive relationship, but they're more prone to it. Yes. They're more susceptible to it. So what do you think are some of the warning signs, not necessarily being smacked around, because I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's pretty obvious to people. What are some of the more subtle warning signs for for people themselves or for people that may be starting to abuse somebody that they're in a relationship with or for friends to look out for? What are some of the mm-hmm. things we should look out for? Some of the things that you need to look out for where you sit there, and, and you have to understand, this is not a, this is the list list, um, but you'll find that you're going to be in a relationship where you're with a person that want to separate you from your friends and your family. They don't want you talking to your mother. They don't want you hanging out with your brothers and sisters. Uh, you know, I don't like that, that co-worker at work. I don't like the way she talks. And, and they try to separate you. You know, they try to get you alienated from the people that you know. That's one of the things. They have a tendency to raise their voice to you or give you a look of disapproval, which you go like, okay, what did I do wrong? So now they make you introspect yourself. You'll find friends who are skittish. You know, they're kind of people who, who, who for some reason, they flinch. They can't look you in the eye. This is the kind of person who's, who's feeling inadequate. It's that feeling of inadequate, that, that low self-esteem that you'll find that, that's possible. And you'll also find a person who's wondering if their significant other is mad at them or or can be mad at them for a specific... In other words, they're focusing a little bit too much about is this going to make him happy or is this going to make him mad type right. of a thing. And again, with this list, there's, there's a young lady who... I, another, because I, I, love, I love all my, my ladies like they're my nieces, my daughters. They're my family. Um, there was one young lady that I met on the Internet and she is a very beautiful, powerful, you know, put-together woman. Reminds me a lot of my Catherine. And I sent her a copy of one of my books, and she wrote back to me and said, thank you. I thought I was the only one, and I went, what are you talking about? And to find out that she was an abused child, and that she was in an abusive relationship, and she went into a abuse And I was like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> you know, she was the last person I would have thought right. that would be in this situation. So, like I said, it's a list, but it's not the list. You'd be surprised. You know, when you turn around and uh, you find out that Joyce Myers was, an, was abused as a child, sexually abused as a child, that Oprah Winfrey was sexually uh, abused as a child. There was a, um, a minister who was very popular for a while, and she dropped out because it was found out that her husband beat her on a regular basis. And these are women who you sit there and you go, them? Never. That could never happen to them. There are signs... And there, and there aren't. You know, you can't just look at somebody and look at pictures like on a, on a suspect board and go, okay, this one gets abused and this one doesn't. And it's just so, sometimes it's so subtle. Sometimes it's so obvious. I mean, the black eye helps a lot. I, I leaned into the cabinet door is, is an obvious uh, clue. But I myself am six foot two, 250 pounds. If I told you I was abused, you look at me like, what? You, you look like you can, you know, take on anybody. It's not about your physical strength. It's even sometimes not about your emotional strength. It's about the situation and how you deal with it. And sometimes those signs are just not out there, you know, but you have to be willing to sit there and go, this doesn't look right. 
you know, you, you know, you get this feeling in your chest where you go, that doesn't look right. There's something not right right there. Right. And it could be, and it could look like a perfect relationship to everybody else. And you go, there's something behind that. You know, and you have to literally be, have your, have your eyes and your, and your heart open to see this kind of pain. So what about effects on children? Uh, in a relationship where there's there's abuse happening between the parents. What kind of effects does it have on children? Um, I had, again, from one of my readers, um, she was abused by her husband for 17 years. He put her in a hospital, I think, two or three times during their relationship. He left her and got another woman pregnant, but he kept coming back to the home to abuse her. And her, at the time, son was about 7 to 10 years old at the time because this took a little while, kept blaming her. It was her fault. You know, why don't you just do what daddy tells you to do? Why does daddy have to leave? Why, you know, and he kept blaming her. And um, she had, she had my first novel and she had, she had read it for about, she had for about three years and she was cleaning the house and she looked at the cover and looked at the face on the cover and she said, if she can do it, I can do it. And she turned around and she gave it to her 10 year old son to read. She said, read this. He read the book and he wrote what was the most gut-wrenching open letter to his father saying that now I understand what you did to my mother and I will never grow up to be the kind of man to do that to a woman. I'm ready to start crying now. You have to forgive me because that was... I'm sorry. You know, to to, to, to have a child, you know, see the victim as 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 the blame, you know, Right. And then to, for her to turn around and and have to deal with this, you know, this is this is another another boy in her house who's treating her to a certain to a certain extent the way her husband t- treated her, right. you know, with disdain, with you know, looking down at her like, how dare you, you know, why can't you be a better a better person? And maybe he would have stayed, and and then you know, for her to, for him, oh, sorry, just an extension of of the per- the abusers. Abuse yeah. of their their victim because I mean they're you know they're they're bringing in reinforcements for them to make yes. their victims feel even worse. Yes, yes, and 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 that's why uh, you you asked uh, uh, you sent me a question about how do you get friends and family involved, and sometimes that's difficult because some friends and some families become enablers or detractors because they do the same thing. Oh, girl, you know it was you because you know how you get sometimes, and you know you know how he likes you know the, you know and their and their family who goes. I actually had someone in my family tell another family member that they should go out with this guy, and I'm going like, uh, excuse me, but that guy's married. Yeah, but he's a good man. I'm sorry. Are you telling her to break up a marriage and go out with a married man because he's a quote unquote good man? Because you know. Uh, you know, so you have to be very careful on who you go to for advice and support because sometimes support groups that you have, they're not there to support you. They're, they're there to drag you down uh, uh, when it comes to sometimes friends and family because they don't understand it. They can't phantom it. And it just makes it worse for you because you have no one to go to who's going to sit there and, and, and say, I understand. What are you going to do about it? Because that's what you should be saying. I understand. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, that's one one of the things I love about the internet is, and, and you have to be careful because there are plenty of people on the internet that are not there for honorable reasons, to say the yes. least. Yes. But you you've got the ability to reach out to people that you know. I, I mean, I live in a small town. Mm-hmm. The chance of me running into people with any kind of qualifications for a lot of this stuff is. <laughs> 
pretty slim. Let's just say pretty uh, slim. Got and with the, the various, you know, between authors who are writing about things and you're seeing the, the changes they're making, mm-hmm. for, for people that have, you know, various coaching training and this sort of thing, mm-hmm. you can find those kind of people. Yes. And, and even if, say, they're, you know, across the country, mm-hmm. you can still be in contact with them. You can still help be in touch with them and, and, and work and, and give support, you know, with, without that much difficulty, actually. Yes. Now, I just want to mention a number here. It's the National uh, Domestic ha- uh, Helpline. It's okay. 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. It's there 24 hours. It's a national hotline, and they will try to help you. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. So there is help out there for you. You know, if you if you can't trust your, your neighbor or your friend or your or your boss or, you know, definitely not the person who's abusing you, there is help out there for you and I do recommend call that number. Talk to somebody who wants to help you. Well I think if you're looking for something in because pretty much every every area, every city has something in place. Yes. You may not know how to find them. I tell you the the trick I learned years ago, if you're looking for a resource in your area Mm-hmm. Call the Chamber of Commerce. They are the most knowledgeable yes. people when it comes to finding what yes. you need. Yes. You know, I just yes. the wealth of information those people have in their head just astounds me. Yes. I don't, I don't think I've stumped them yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. One of these days I'm going to stump the person at the Chamber of Commerce. It's nice to know there's resources. I mean, because every city, county, that kind of thing has something in place. Yes. Well, and, and with, with people trying to help people in abusive relationships, they're not going to have a big sign out front because, no, you know, you've you got to protect the people coming in. So exactly. you gotta you got to go a different route to find them. Yes. But when I, I'll make sure that the phone number is, is in the post on my blog also so yes. that uh, people looking for information for the show will be able to find that easily. So the cycle of abuse, we kind of... Kind of talked about that, and that's that's one of my real concerns with with children that are in abusive families, and especially ones like the the boy that you mentioned that blames the mother. You know, it's, yes. it's your fault, Dad left. It's your yes. fault. He's always in a bad. What are some things people can do to help to break the cycle of abuse? Or, no, no, no. I tell you what. Let's start with what. Explain what the cycle of abuse is, in case people don't understand that. The cycle of abuse starts very simply with getting into a relationship in which you no longer have a feeling of self. You have no self-worth, no self-esteem. It all becomes about this other person. Now, don't get me wrong. When you're in a love relationship, you know, it is a thing about you caring about this other person, but it has to be reciprocated. You know, it has to be a, a give and take. There has to be an equal. It's when it's all in one direction. Right. And now this person who who now has control of you, doesn't care about you anymore. They're treating you like an option. Right. And they make you feel like you can't do better than than them. You know, go ahead. Go out there and see if you can find somebody because, you know what, I'm going to put you out in the street. I'm going to take away your car. I'm going to take away your house. I'm going to take away your kids. You know, and there's this this thing about, oh, you know, I'm going to throw, I'm going to literally throw you out on the sidewalk naked. See if you can handle that. And, you know, it's that type of controlling mental, uh, um, control that they that they put on you that starts this abusive relationship where you know you no longer have a feeling of self-worth it's it's uh, it's so very hard to explain because i don't understand it i'm going to be honest with you i don't understand it i've i've seen people who are in it and i go like that doesn't make any sense 
why are you letting this man hit you? And then when he walks away, you walk in the same direction. He shouldn't be walking in the opposite direction. But everyone has their, their, their breaking point. Everybody has to hit rock bottom before they finally realize, I'm at a point where I don't have to put up with it anymore. Right. So it's 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 just like I said it's the it's it's the words it's the yells it's the looks it's the it's the cowering down the flinching that that really starts it to the point where this person is just now treats you less than they would treat an animal. Right. Ooh. Well, and, and woman that that I did an interview with last week, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking that that you're going to have some pain and and some issues and that kind of thing in a loving relationship. Yes. But but love shouldn't hurt, you know. If the person loves you, even if you disagree, well, that, this is like that. You know, you can you can hate what a person's doing, but you never ultimately hate them, you yes. know. Yes. And, and I think one of my big things, and <laughs> I, I mentioned having a healthy relationship to some people, when I get this like deer in the headlights look, or just like like mm-hmm. they haven't got a clue in the world what I'm talking about. Right. But I think if if you have a healthy loving relationship. In order to have that, you've got to have a mutual love and respect for each other. Yeah. The thing is, if, if you truly love and respect another person, mm-hmm. even if they upset you or do something to make you super mad, you mm-hmm. aren't going to strike out at them in an abusive sort of way. Correct. You just, you know, it, it's kind of like when you love your, your wife like your own body. Yes. Who is actually going to, I mean, who <laughs> who does something to physically harm themselves? Mm-hmm. You know, if if they're in a healthy state of mind, the same yeah. thing. If you truly love another person, you're just not going to do that to them. You're not going to want to do that. No. If you do, if you mm-hmm. lose control and you do, you're really going to feel bad about it. You're not just going to give a lip service to to kind of manipulate them and get them to stay with you. You're right. truly going to feel horrible about what you've done to the person. Exactly. Exactly. And they never do it. They may they may apologize. They may bring you flowers or a little gift, but they really, really are not sorry for what they did. Well, if a person is sorry, they don't do it repeatedly, you know? Right, exactly. It doesn't happen again. I mean, you did it to me the first time. That was an accident. Now, now you're doing it again. This is, a, this is a pattern. Very true. So what about people who tend to gravitate toward abusive partners? Because some people kind of fall into a pattern of this sort of thing, and, and they, they get very much in the mindset of, I don't deserve better than this, or, yes. or it's all me. I'm mm-hmm. the one doing this is because I'm a bad person is why I'm treated this way. Mm-hmm. What are some things that that a person can do? And I know one of the exercises I do with coaching clients is if if they can't find a healthy relationship or they can't find a long-term relationship, we go through and talk about their, their decision-making in previous relationships. Because mm-hmm. often if, if you're having the same problem over and over again, you're mm-hmm. doing something that's contributing to that. What is the person doing it's causing them to end up in an abusive relationship. What are some um, things that, that you know that make you? What's happening here is is a, is the Pavlov's dog syndrome. You ring the bell, the dog salivates. A person has a tendency to be trained or be mind controlled into believing that this is all that they can have. If I slap you, it's because you deserved it. You get out of that relationship, you get into later. If I slapped you, and then after a while, you start you start looking for the slap. Because it becomes a sign of of caring, a sign of loving. It, you know, it's 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 what you're used to. It's it's the devil you know. And and you have to sit there and stop 
of what I've, what I've told some people, and I don't know if this, it has worked or not, but I've told some people, I want you to get up in the morning and I want you to go in the mirror and I want you to write over the top of the mirror and leave it up there for you to see, I love you. And look at yourself and believe that. Believe that you care about the person that you see in the mirror each and every day. Because once you start caring about that person, you don't take as much guff from someone else. Well, you, you realize that you deserve to be treated like a, a, a human being and you deserve respect from people. Yes. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're not, you're not better than anybody else, but you're not the person that's every, the blame to everything, for everything. And you deserve to be loved. And if, and if the person that you're with cannot give that to you to your satisfaction, you don't need that person. Oh, goodness, i got to tell this story. So I was with this young lady uh, in college. And I was sleeping over her house. And about 4 o'clock in the morning, she got up to make a big pot of boiling water. And I couldn't understand why she was cooking at this hour until she ran into the room and tried to splash it on me. She tried to make a lobster out of me. I simply got up, looked at her, and her throwing the water at me was not what scared me. What scared me is the fact that she sat down at the edge of the bed and calmly smoked a cigarette. Wow. And I went, okay, she has just shown me her crazy. I then got a garbage bag, packed up all my stuff, and left. Mm. There's got to be a point where you say, I deserve better than this. <laughs> Well, and you know, honestly, and I've talked to people who are like, I can't be alone. I can't be alone. And, and speaking as a single individual, I can tell you, mm-hmm. being on your own is so much better than being in a situation where you're being mistreated by somebody. Yes. yes. But uh, people just have this thing that they, it's not really they can't be alone, they won't be alone. They yeah. won't. It, it, and they're conditioned it, to fear being alone. Right, right. So many decisions in life are made because of fear. People don't realize that's what's motivating them to do it, but there's a lot of lot of unhealthy decisions made because of fear. Yeah, because you don't... Um, the young lady I told you about whose son wrote her letter, wrote the open letter right. to her father, she contacted me and she said, I did it. She said she packed up her kids, got in the car, and drove off to another state, left because, you know, he wasn't, the husband wasn't living with them anyway. And she right. got up and left. And she said she lost her dog, she lost her job, she lost her house. And she says, I've never been happier. You saved my life. Exactly. And he went after her. You know, he started talking about, oh, I'm going to take the kids because I have visitation rights and you're taking them to another state. And I said, okay, here's the hard part. I want you to tell him to his face that he can have his kids, no problem. Trust me. He's not going to take them because he's living with another woman who's pregnant who has, her ch- uh, who has his child. She's not going to want him to have them. So he's going to let them go and ha- let you have these kids. And that's exactly what he did. You know, he was using the kids as a threat to get her to come back. And when she called his bluff, he backed off and he finally did divorce her. And now she's quite happy living, uh, you know, with her children. Her son has went off to college and she's raising uh, her two daughters now. And she's very happy in her life. Is it perfect? No, but it's not with him. Right. Well, and it's more healthy for her and more healthy for her children, which is the important stuff. Yes, exactly. You know, honestly, I don't know anybody that has a perfect life. I really don't. It doesn't exist. exist. Don't don't even look. Anybody tells you a perfect life until they're selling you something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
you know, the perfect would be boring. I could take a few less challenges, but perfect, I think, would be boring after a while. Yeah, I can't deal with that at all. I have to have a little activation in my life to, to remind me that I'm still alive and still struggling. <laughs> but I well, get, and the thing is, that's just like people that complain when we have a rainy day, and they say, well, I'm in sunshine all the time. No, you don't, because then you don't appreciate it anymore, you know? So if you have if you have a little cold and you have a little rain, then you appreciate the the warm, sunny, beautiful days. Oh, or, everybody complained about the winter and how cold it was. It hit eighty yesterday. It goes, it's too hot. I really seriously. <laughs> you know, you just can't please people. Yeah, no, it was it was like eighty one or eighty two yesterday. It's like man, it's gorgeous. So turn the fan on. Yeah, that's all. So it's just a big deal. You know, deal with it. You know, you, you're going to see what you want to see and whatever. And if you're going to be miserable, you're going to be miserable. But, but don't allow someone else to be miserable. Um, like I said, in my first novel, uh, Catherine, uh, Nicholas had to teach her that she had to decide who was going to give her pain, how much pain she was going to allow to give them, and that she was always going to be in control. Right. This is something that I've, I've bumped heads with, with several people about for the long term is being in control of your life. And I've been told frequently that that's a very negative thing, that you, you shouldn't, you know, need to be in control. And I figure if you're not controlling your own life, somebody else is going to take the reins from you, and they're going to control right. your life, and probably not in a positive way for you. Right. Very rarely you know, ever in a positive way for you. Well, that's it. You can, and, and I'm not say, talking about, you know, you have to manipulate every hour of every day or whatever, that kind of thing. I'm just saying you're kind of kind of just floating along, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a boat with no rudder if mm-hmm. you have no control over what's happening in your life. Correct. And you certainly can't make sure that you're being treated right and being treated with respect if you're just just kind of, you know, Going with blowing the down the river and not really controlling anything. Mm-hmm. What if a person is in a situation they're they're realizing there's a problem and they need to do something. Mm-hmm. What should be a couple of the first steps they should take? First step number one is find someone who you can talk to about it. Yeah first of all you have to you have to admit it to yourself that you have a problem. That's that's right. number one. But then you have to seek out either uh, uh, you know, like you said, uh, go to the Chamber of Commerce, uh, you know, go to a one, you know, hit Google and see what you can, you know, find out about, uh, help as far as these things. But you also have to identify what the problem is and try to gain control of that problem so that, you know, you can move on because you can't, you can't stay where you are. You can't. I mean, you can, but do you want to? Well, like, like I've said many times, Making things change and getting things to a place where it's better isn't mm. the easiest thing you're ever going to do. Nope. But it's just it's worth the effort. And the thing is, you're putting just as much effort in into trying to get through a bad situation yes. as you would put into it getting into a better situation. Exactly. Or staying in a bad situation and to get into a, a, a better one. You know. Well, it, it just it beats you down in so many ways when you're in a bad situation. Yes. You know. Like I said, you could you could take the same amount of effort and get mm-hmm. yourself to a better position. Exactly. There's going to be a, you know, the, it's going to have to go from point A to point B, but at least you're moving forward and forward. do something better. Exactly, exactly. Because you have to, you have to, uh, you have to retrain your brain. Right. Pretty much, to not accept as much as you were accepting before, and just take because you, know, you got into the situation gradually. 
you try to get out of it gradually. Sometimes you have to just get up and walk out and do cold turkey because, you know, your life depends on it. But you have to redefine what you will accept, what you will not accept, and 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 put more worth to yourself in this relationship than you do to the other person who's who's put basically just has no has no feeling that you have any worth. So what what are some tips about reporting a situation or or getting oh, getting these that's things difficult? Moving? That is difficult when you're talking about being an outsider and reporting it. That's extremely difficult to do. Because if you're, let's say, a next-door neighbor or a family member or a friend who sees that, you know, you have a friend who's in this, in this type of predicament, sometimes trying to report it to authorities only makes it worse. Right. Um, you have people who, again, don't believe that they're in an abusive relationship. You know, no, everything is fine. Uh, he's broken your arm three times. No, everything is fine. That's what, you know. And then you try to report it. Then all of a sudden, you're the traitor. You've embarrassed the family. Um, the beatings might escalate because now he's embarrassed because now you know his secret, so-called secret, is out. It's it's very hard to sit there as an outsider and to report these things to another. For you yourself to report it, it's the same danger. You know, I gave a one eight hundred number. But if someone who's abusing you sees that you're trying to find your way out, you know what I mean? They're going to, there's going to be consequences. So it's, it's difficult, you know, unless, unless you're in physical or life-threatening danger, it's very difficult to sit there and report it because people are not going to believe you. People are, are going to, you know, like I said, they're going to uh, justify the actions. Oh, you're overreacting. You don't know. Because nobody ever wants to believe these kind of things about, you know, someone that they know. There was a film that I saw years back, which was awesome. It was called Once Were Warriors. And this gentleman beat this woman literally to a pulp. And her best friend looked at her and goes, you burned the roast again, didn't you? And I was like, are you serious? This is... <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, and this is this is her best friend, and you know, you, it's 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 just it's just a, so it's such a difficult once you once you've dug yourself into that hole, it's so hard for some for you for you to dig yourself out, and you have a tendency not to accept help because you're embarrassed or you feel that listen it's not it's not that big of a hole I can handle it. It's it's the reason why people don't seek help, and when help is offered to them, they don't accept it. It's, it's, yes, it's, that's something I was thinking about. I've got a friend that two teenagers got to the point where they were just, they were being very emotionally and, and verbally abusive, mentally abusive, and yes. and the thing is, just just disrespectful and, and unbelievable the things that, that they were saying and, and the way they were treating him and doing him and this kind of thing, and it, it has gotten to a ridiculous point now, but, you know, in, in the thing that he was telling everybody is, I was so embarrassed to admit mm-hmm. they were doing this to me, and so I didn't say anything. Right. Or or when I did say something, I would really, really tone it down because I just couldn't admit to myself or anybody else yes. that my own flesh and blood was treating me this badly. You know, and, and his mother was talking to the... Um, one of the local shelters here in the area, and they said that's that's the thing, and especially uh, a lot of parents have this situation and that mm-hmm. sort of thing because they just don't want to admit mm-hmm. that that this mm-hmm. kind of thing is going on. So it's it's a lot of the not only the the guilt that the abuser may put on you, but 
but just the shame yes. that you've gotten yourself into this kind of situation or well you thinking can't you handle gotten, the situation you know, or you can't handle the situation or or right. who are they to tell me that, you know, this is not right when I saw your husband yelling at you the other day because you whatever. It, it it's just it's just it's amazing how we literally chain ourselves down to a situation that we can just walk away from. Well, we have we have all these triggers within ourselves that normally protect us. Yes. But then it gets to this kind of situation, and they actually work against us. You know, I, I feel I feel shame that I've, I've let this happen. You know, mm-hmm. I feel guilty that obviously I must have done something to cause this. You know, it's it's amazing the mind games we play with ourselves. Yes. To justify yeah. the situation. Now, I want to bring up a film that I saw. I can't remember the name. I think it was City of Men with Patrick Swayze. He was a doctor in India. And he found out that some lo- local mafia, mafiosis uh, lord, you know, this, um, this criminal lord in the town was completely just destroying the people around him. So he went to the guy's office to tell him, listen, you're doing this to your own people. What are you doing? And the guy had a chicken on his desk, and over the chicken were these, was, a, was a bag of weights. And the guy looked at him and said, let me explain something to you. And he took the weight off the chicken. He says, the weight's been lifted from the chicken, and then he pushed the chicken, the chicken would move. But that chicken still thinks that the weight is on him. He's not going to move because he thinks he's still pinned. That's how my people are. And he put the weight right back on the chicken. Hmm. And I went, my goodness, there are people who don't realize that the weight has been lifted. But they're so used to being in that position, they can still feel the pressure of it. And you have people who just, like I said, because they're embarrassed, they're ashamed, uh, I can handle this. And they can be free. They can just literally walk out and walk away and they go, no, I'm still trapped. I'm still caught. I'm st- there's, there's still a connection between me and this other person. Even after the person has passed away, they still feel. You know what I mean? That, that's one heck of a, of, of a mind game that's, that's being played on that person. When a person has moved on, passed away, and you still feel that you're under that person's control. Right. It's amazing that negative bonds will be formed with other people sometimes. Yes, and, and, and be free of them and not even realize it. Hmm. Or be, have the ability to free yourself and not even, like you said, you fear change or you feel you know, the reper- that there's going to be a repercussion either by walking away and walking into the real world and, and people going and laughing at you. Oh, they're going to laugh at you if you walk out there and, and tell them that you went through this. That takes an amazing amount of strength to, to let a person laugh at you and go, you know what? I'm free. I don't care. There are just things that are so much bigger and more important than... Yeah, and then peer pressure and, and how people perceive you. You know, Joyce Myers talks about her abuse on, in almost every one of her sermons. Because her thing is, like, I'm past that. I was able to walk away from it. You walk away from it. You know, I forgave my father. Forgive your, forgive your abuser, but don't let it happen again. Right. Yeah, well, that's, that's like my thing, that, that we all make mistakes, but yeah. learn from your mistakes, you know? Right. right. Well, and, and, you know, we, we all have become who we are at this moment from mm-hmm. everything that's happened to us up to now. Correct. So the thing is, you know, become stronger because of things you did positively, learn from the negative things that have happened, mm-hmm. and then move past those. Don't don't feel like you're stuck in a rut because you, you just you shouldn't be. You there shouldn't are always ways to get out of there. It's not easy. There are always options. There are always yeah. options. Are they easy to get to? No. 
Are they hard to get to? Absolutely. Is it worth it at the end? Well, that's what you have to decide once you get there. I've never found something that uh, worked really, really hard to reach that wasn't worth the effort. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, we're not we're not just saying this and making light of things and saying, oh, you know, it's it's not that bad. You can do it. We, I mean, I I know things that I've tackled, things that that have thoroughly upset people around me in my life, mm-hmm. but it was kind of things that I had to do for my yes. personal well-being, oh, or yes. things that happened in the past that, that maybe for a time I did blame myself. I shouldn't have, but I did, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. worked through them, dealt with the situation, and I mean, I've still got things I need to deal with, too, but I yes. mean, I know the number of things that I have dealt with that I have overcome, yes. and, I, and I hate the word victim. I, I It has a very negative connotation, mm-hmm. and my thing is, if if you've gotten to the point where you've gotten yourself out of the situation, you've mm. made things better, you're a survivor. You know? Correct. You are a survivor. And yes. relish the fact that you're a survivor. Thrill mm-hmm. yourself with the fact that you're a survivor and appreciate that. I, I, I wrote a couple of articles about, you know, having a victim or a survivor mentality. Mm-hmm. Those two mentalities are incredibly different. Yes, and a lot are. of people get into a victim mindset and don't realize that they're in that mindset. Mm-hmm. But it's... Mm-hmm. A, it's like the light of day when you move out of that mindset and over to the survivor mode. And as long as you're making a change and you're making it better, even if it's just one small step at a time, you are a survivor. survivor. And, you know, feel fantastic about yourself that you are. There you go. Every day above ground is a good day. I, I figure. My, my thing is, even if I wake up with a migraine that I feel like somebody's shoving an ice pick in my head, at least I woke up. And it can get better. You get those too, huh? <laughs> 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 but like I said, at least I woke up. That's, that's better than the alternative. So. There you go. Do you want to give people information about your website or, or so they can get more information about the books that you've written? What you can do is uh, my books are available worldwide, but they're easily purchased from Amazon.com or Kindle. Just look up C.J. Cassidy, the letter C dot J dot Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-Y, and you will find my books, uh, The Tortured Soul, uh, The Confessions of Jennifer X, and Living La Vida Puta. Um, those are the three books that are the biographies of these three women who have gone through different types of abuse in their life, one domestic violence, one child abuse, and the other one uh, was actually uh, gang raped as a child and had to go through her life with that stigma. Look up those books, and there's also the Tortured Soul Trilogy, which is a combination of all three books, because as luck would have it, these three women know each other. Okay. You know, so when you get the trilogy, you'll actually get all three of their stories in linear order, so you'll get an idea of how uh, they went through and survived and moved on with their lives. I do not advocate um, the BDSM lifestyle, but it happened to have worked for these ladies because that's what they needed to get back control. Just as a point that I want to make to some of the people who um, wonder how, because that's one of the things that Catherine was called a a liar and a hypocrite about, was how can you be a survival of abuse, but you like S&M? S&M and abuse are like a professional wrestling match and a barroom brawl. In a professional wrestling match, everything has been choreographed, Everything has been set in motion beforehand, and the two opponents in the ring actually care about each other. If one gets hurt, the other one actually cares that the other one gets A barroom brawl is a free-for-all. Nobody cares about anything. They don't care who goes to the hospital. They don't, go who, they don't care who goes to the morgue. 
A BDSM relationship can be stopped with one word. Stop. Nothing stops an abusive relationship until you had enough. But you'll find that these women were able to take their pain, their heartache, and as you say, survive, get past it, get control of their lives so that they're, you know, happy and, you know, and and more have more self-esteem about what they do and what and what they allow to happen to them in their lives and have, take more control of themselves. So please, by all means, if you do pick up the books and you happen to like my Facebook page, let me know what you think of the novel because it means a lot to me and it means a lot to the girls that I wrote about because they wrote these books because they wanted other people to get out. And I mentioned 40 women got out of their abusive relationships because of my novels because they looked at it and they went, I'm not the only one. It's happened before. If they can do it, I can do it. And, you know, Catherine got out, Jennifer got out, Toby got out, Nicholas got out of his abusive list, I got out of mine. If we can do it, you can do it. Like I said, it's not it's not just doing research and, and writing up a, making up a story. I mean it's it's people that really did. They yeah. did realize there was a situation, they did realize that they needed to do something and they did make the effort to make a change. Exactly. So it is, it is not to make other people feel bad if they're in, still in a situation. The whole idea is to give people strength and to give them help and say, hey, it can be done. It can be made better. Yes. Awesome. Well, I am I am so glad we got to talk today. And, you know, I, I figure with, with any of these, if we help any person, we've accomplished what I want to do. So that's, and, that's, and that's all that's, and that's all important. That's, that's exactly. all that's important is knowing exactly. that someone out there their eyes are opened, and they can go, ah, and breathe. <laughs> well, like you said, sometimes people just need to know that there are other people yes. that have faced the same thing. Yes. And, and survived and gotten themselves out of it. Yes. So, seriously, for people that are listening, um, feel free to reach out to either one of us. Yes. We, we do want to help. I mean, that's, that's the reason that, that I do my coaching work is, is I honestly want to help people that are in situations and need the help. And so does CJ. And, and so, it's an amazing feeling when you get a, a Christmas card or a letter from someone who says, who says thank you, because I literally, it means the world to is, me. That is priceless. I, yeah. And, and honestly, people may not realize it, but when we get those kind of things, I know I, I, I break down and cry. I just, I am, I am so glad to have been able to help somebody. Yes. And I don't care if it sounds cliche. It's, it's the way I feel. It really, it really so, does. check out check out CJ on on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I've also got a Are You Ready for Love uh, page on Facebook, and I, I've got it set up so anybody can reach out and send me a message if they need to. And also on my blog, um, LoveCoachJourney.com, I've got a contact button there. Every every email I get, every message is confidential. I, I do not use other people's names without their permission on anything that I do. CJ, it's been great to have you with me today, and it's been wonderful to be here. You can check on the website at lovecoachjourney.com slash domestic-violence. Also, you can check out author CJ Cassidy on Facebook. And definitely, thank you for tuning in. And please, if you know somebody that needs this information, please share it with them. And the number also for the domestic violence hotline is on the show page. But if you need that, it's 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. All right, thank you very much for being with us, and I'll be with you next time on 
Ready for Love Radio.